All right, let's get at it. Monday and a brand new busy news week, I am sure. Coming up, we got 1,448 days left to go in the Biden administration. And on top of all of that, we are in a brand new month. Starts the shortest month of the year today, the 28 days that are known as February. Now, I want to get started off um, just on something that really, the proper term, I think, would be it just doesn't sit right with me. You know, I think that you look back when Donald Trump was first inaugurated as president, even after he won the election, and you never saw conservatives calling for the kinds of things that Democrats are now. And it runs so deep that it, this woman on the Twitter box profile Red Wild Flower, the Twitter box biography. And by the way, um, she has uh, it protected tweets or whatever, so you can't see what um, she tweets her. Yeah, I'm not real good with it, but you get the concept. Wants a more um, private approach now. Your favorite 420 friendly conduit of chaos, the Neo of Twitter, chaotic good. Ruby LeClaire is my alter ego if you're into that. And then links a page of OnlyFans, which is, by all intents and purposes, almost a pornographic site. It's where women, I don't know if men do it too, I mean, stay far away from all of that nonsense. and don't need to get involved with none of that. Um, but they post pictures of themselves that are uh, very, you know, sexually driven, uh, very, you know, I don't even know what the correct term is, persuasive uh, photos, you know, basically where you be, I guess guys can go and give them money or whatever. It's it, either way. It's something like that. You get the concept behind it, behind it, but I'm not worried about that. Th this text message that she sends to her mother, it should disturb every single American. And I mean that because we have such a divide in this country now, which is driven by the left. This is all the Democrat Party and the mainstream media and social media. Those are the three big factors that are driving this divide in the country. She sends this text to her mother, and uh, we have to take her word for it because she provides a screenshot of it. This is what she captions it. I am a bundle of nerves. I just sent this to my mother. So her mother texts her. And says, so are you still not talking to me? Just wondered because I'm worried about you. I love you and the kids and would like to be here for you. But I am trying to respect your choices. Now, this is going to come very clear as to what's going on here in a second. Her response, the OnlyFans girl, responds with, here's the thing. I want to surround my kids with people that have empathy and compassion for everyone. Now, right there, as soon as I read that, I, oh, the mother must be a conservative because we don't have compassion or empathy for anybody. Not just for the people that look like us, and that confirmed it. I want to raise them with empathy and kindness and to respect people's beliefs while also fighting 
for everyone rights and uh, that's her text that's incorrect for everyone rights should be everyone's rights but we move on and to make the world a better place for everyone she says this to her mother you have a lot of anger and a lot of issue that you need to work through the fact that you were so supportive of trump and again let's uh, help her out here the fact that you were so supportive of trump or at least so unwilling to denounce his behaviors and the behaviors of his followers it makes me makes me hesitant to want you around my kids i do not want them having any kind of influence that makes them believe any other humans capital capitalizes any any other humans are less deserving of a fair chance at a good life if you are willing to work on your own internal issues now notice the blame this is democrat party propaganda socialism stuck in this whack jobs head 101 they have her believing that it's conservatives who are the problem who are so angry and who have the issues i think if you're sending a text message like this to your mother you should work on your own internal issues because to me this is totally unacceptable and i don't know what goes on in other people's families but i would never send that to my mother and my mother doesn't agree with me on everything that i believe politically it doesn't agree with my father but guess what we have a loving family i mean my best friend personal anecdote here my best friend in the entire world is a is a bernie sanders loving crazy liberal we don't agree with a thing uh we don't agree with each other on a thing politically but you know what we still love each other we've still been best friends for going on 22 years now but this like this talk though this is the kind of stuff that really drives me crazy because you can't tell your own mother you can't see your kids and then blame her because she she supported trump oh my god how dare she be one of the 75 million legal americans that voted for trump she says um if you're willing to work on your issues really face the reasons you're so angry at people who are worse off than you then yeah oh i'd i'd love for you to be part of mine and my kids lives but until i see that kind of progress from you i can't have a relationship with you i love you dearly and i want you to have a good life but i cannot let yours and dion's attitudes i'm guessing that's the husband or boyfriend whatever is going on the uh, mom's spouse i can't have yours and his attitudes toward fellow humans color my children's upbringing on now again is it the right that did things like this you know could you imagine if roles were reversed and a conservative mother sent to their own mother you know i you really gotta you gotta work on yourself because you supported hillary clinton in 2016 and i think you have you have this disdain for people who don't look like you that never happened 
none of this ever happened. Did did conservatives in 2016 call for people who supported Hillary Clinton to go to re-education camps and say that these people should be put on a list and these people need debathification? No, it never occurred. The extreme rhetoric always comes from the left. So when, when Joe Biden says that he wants unity in the country, he does not mean unity. Joe Biden wants conservatives to bow down to anything and everything that he says. Now, how are conservatives supposed to feel under Biden? This is a guy that literally signed a paper. Oh, and by the way, he's up to 42 executive orders at this point in time, acting like a dictator. And again, not, not by my definition, but by Joe Biden's own definition. You can't, man, I got I to gotta get the votes, man. Come on, man. I got to get the votes. You know, I can't just pass executive orders unless I'm going to be a dictator. That's what Joe Biden said. If you do things like that, 42 executive orders, by the way, by his own definition, his own words. And, I, and it wasn't like this was years ago in a different time, but this was literally in October. Four months ago, Joe Biden was saying this. What is Joe Biden doing today? Oh, and Joe Biden, he had to cancel everything that he had planned for today. Why was that? Well, there was snow. There was snow. There is no way he could have left the White House. There was too much. I think there was, what, two inches of snow on the ground. What he did have time to do, though, is listen to this in NBC News. Joe Biden at meeting with GOP senators in frank discussion about slimmed down covid relief you can guess the the uh there's 10 of them by the way the 10 republican senators that joe biden met with nbc news describes it as senator susan collins who is leading the group called it a very frank and useful discussion it was a good exchange of views i wouldn't say we came together on a package tonight now remember when, when is the package going to come? Because remember when and it was Donald Trump who was advocating for $2,000 in stimulus uh, relief uh, for the American people? Well, Joe Biden, it, it seems to me like he's totally U-turned on that. He doesn't want $2,000 anymore. Now it's just $1,400 for Biden. Uh, the other group, uh, and uh, just to finish up Collins's quote, but we did uh, what we did agree to is to follow up and talk further. How many meetings like this do we see from Washington, D.C.? And then what ends up getting passed? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. The other members of the group, Lisa Murkowski, yep, could have guessed that one, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Rob Portman of Ohio, Shelley Moore of West Virginia, Todd, oh, West Virginia, got a story coming up on Kamala Harris in West Virginia, uh, Todd Young of Indiana, Jerry Moran of Kansas, Mike Rounds of South Dakota, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, sort of surprised there. But who are we waiting for here? Oh, that's right. Utah Senator Mitt Romney. So in many ways, it was like seven Republican senators and then Murkowski, Collins, and Romney, who truthfully aren't Republicans, don't even want to act like they're Republicans anymore, and sure as heck do not vote 
like they are Republicans. Um, and, and so I would say that why don't you get the actual Republican senator? Why don't you call on Ted Cruz? Oh, tough, tough Republican senator. Don't want him in the room. Or maybe a Senator Rand Paul. No, ooh, no, can't have that. I mean, not even Mitch McConnell was in there for that. Now, you think that's going to have a sign of unity? Because, again, I don't believe so, and I don't see it at all coming from this Biden administration. And, to be frankly honest with you, the right are the only people that still care about America. So, you have, and, and there's a... um. An op-ed coming up in Red State in a second here I want to get to called The Enemy Is Us, which further um, highlights that. But this divide is so deep where we have where we have kids saying to their mother that you can't even see your kids because you are so doggone angry. And Barry Weiss, so Barry Weiss, I'll give you a little bit of background behind her. She used to be a New York Times editor, publisher, and she... Uh, it was one of the two. She didn't agree with what the New York Times was uh, pushing, which was just radical left-wing extreme agenda. So she uh, resigned her position. And now she is out with an op-ed today, which I think it just illustrates everything that conservatives should do and should take with them throughout the next 1,448 days here. Ten, the uh, title of it, 10 Ways to fight back against woke culture. She says, I realize the faddish thing to do these days is that, the faddish thing to say these days, excuse me, is that we live in the worst, most broken and backward country in the world, and maybe in the history of civilization. Well, that is utter nonsense. I have a few basic litmus tests in my own life. Can I wear a Tank top in public? Yeah. Can I walk down the street holding the hand of my partner? A woman, she says, so she's a lesbian. Yes. In many places in America without getting a second glare, can I wear a Jewish star without fear? Again, the answer to all those things is yes, because there are countries that you absolutely cannot do that. Just look at the Middle East. I do not take these things for granted, she says. I know very well that in many other places, the answers would be different, and my life wouldn't be possible at all. America's imperfect, and everyone's got to say that, because if you write a piece for America, you have got to say in there, if you're even talking about the United States, you got to say, oh, we're not great. You know, we all want to achieve a, a more perfect union. It's not, it's not perfect right now. You got to put that in there. Does it even need to be said? There's bigotry towards blacks and gays and Jews and immigrants. There is intense polarization. Political violence is becoming more regular. Thank you, Democrat Party. Elected representatives believe conspiracy theories, all true here, as in many other countries, being torn apart by the dislocations of the 21st century. She says, do not, now this is a way to fight back. Do not nod along when you hear the following abraham lincoln's name on a public school or his likeness on a statue is white supremacy well it's not he's a hero separating people into racial affinity groups is progressive it's a form of segregation actually looting 
has no victims. Untrue. Small business owners can cope anyway because they have insurance. Now that's nonsense. That any disparity of outcome is evidence of systemic oppression. Oh, that's false. That America is evil. Well, it's not actually. It's the last hope on earth. She says, how much does it cost me to log on to Twitter and accuse you right now of an ism? You know, you could be uh, uh, racism, uh, you could be misogynistic, you could be homophobic, Islamophobic, everything that, again, think about this. Who uses this rhetoric? Who throws this out there in an attempt to attack the other party? Oh, that's right, the Democrat Party. She says, America is fast developing its own informal social credit system, as the writer Rod Dreyer has noted. Rod Dreyer's piece, by the way, which was written in the American Conservative, is called How Do We Fight the Woke Militants? Um, unfortunately, we're not going to have time to get to that uh, today. We might get to it at some point, though, but I, it's a great piece, and I uh, would urge anyone uh, to go ahead and read it. Now, she says, when everything is recorded for eternity, when making mistakes and taking risks are transformed into capital offensives when things that were common sense until two seconds ago become unsayable people make the understandable decision to simply shut up she says it's time to stand up and fight back that means you social conservatives never trump republicans anti anti Trump Republicans too, lukewarm liberals, libertarians, progressives who have a little curiosity still left, exhausted parents who want nothing to do with politics, Facebookers, email chainers, Etsy shop owners, boomers who still use AOL accounts. There's 10 principles that uh, you should follow, she recommends. Number one, and I love lists here on the program. I think it's very good and easy to follow along with on radio. Number one, remind yourself right now of the following truth. You are free. Number two, be honest. Don't say anything about yourself or others that you know is false. Just refuse to let your mind, though, be colonized. The first crazy thing someone asks you to believe or to profess refuse if you can do so out loud there's a good chance it will inspire others to speak up too number three stick to your principles if you're a decent person you know mob justice is never just so never join a mob ever even if you agree with the mob if you're a decent person, you know betraying friends is wrong. So if a friend or colleague does something you disagree with, write them a private note. Don't be a snitch. Any mob that comes for them will surely come for you. Number four, set an example for your kids and your community. Number five, if you don't like something, leave it. It's as simple as that. Number six, become more self-reliant. Now, this is easy. If you can learn to use a power drill, do it. If you've always wanted to make an outdoor solar hot tub, make one. Learn to 
poach an egg or shoot a gun. More importantly, get in your head that platforms are not neutral. If you don't believe me, look at Parler. Look at Robinhood. To the extent that you can build your life to be self-reliant and not 100% reliant on the web, it's a good thing. Seven, worship God more than Yale. Professional prestige is not essential. Being popular is not essential. Getting your child into an elite preschool is not essential. Doing the right thing is essential. Telling the truth is essential. Protecting your kids is essential. Make like-minded friends. Trust your own eyes and ears. And use your capital to build original, interesting, and generative things right now at this exact moment. Now, everything that I take from that list, and it's part of the reason that I incorporated uh, it in the program, is because every single thing that she lists there is what conservatives do. We have to go through this on a daily basis. We always have Democrats and liberals who are yelling at us and screaming at us, how dare you support Trump? Again, I go back to the daughter's text message to the mother there. Every day, we have to defend our beliefs, defend our views. And again, are they so bad? Lower taxes, limited federal government, uh, more individual right, equal justice, belief that competition's good, a free market economy and capitalism. Is this all stuff that is so very bad? Because I never believe that it is. I think that if we, and maybe it's us as conservatives that could probably make a change as well. Because if we got out there and just said, listen, I'm a conservative. This is what I believe in. That's it. I don't want to get wrapped up into politics, but the politicians that are going to advocate and actually push through the stuff that I want here for my own personal life, those are the people that I'm going to vote for. Oh, well, well, well they're, they're, they're racist, though. And they, 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 they hate women. And, and they're, they're, they're anti-immigration. That's what the Democrats always say back to Republicans. So I agree. Everything that Barry Weiss writes, I think, is fantastic. Now, the uh, point that I want to get across here that it's the left that's the problem, not the right, is also uh, highlighted in a piece today in Red State. The, it's another op-ed by Mike Ford. The uh, title, The Enemy is Us. His argument starts as, though, as this. We have met the enemy and he is us. A great quip from the comic strip Pogo. It appears that this quote is becoming a far more accurate election that uh, far more accurate every election that passes. Over at American Thinker, another uh, online news publication, Eric Utter has an interesting piece out regarding the antipathy to Americans now feel towards each other. He writes, a new CBS News poll reveals that a majority of Americans believe the biggest threat to the American way of life is other Americans. More than two-thirds of poll respondents said they believe democracy in the U.S. is, quote, threatened. And 54% said other people in America are the biggest threat to the American way of life, more so 
than economic factors, viruses, natural disasters, or foreign actors. Now, Ford writes, uh, Mr. Utter is correct. We have undergone a sea change in these United States. At one time, the public face of American politics was for the most part about two parties with more or less the same object objectives, but with varied ideas on how to achieve them. That's not to say that below the surface, the left hasn't always really been about a long march through American institutions. The purpose of that long march being a complete transformation of the American ideal. It says we have come to a different place. For the most part, the left keep its long, kept its long-term agenda camouflaged with innovative language such as gay or transgender instead of sexually disordered. They use investment instead of crony capitalism fueled by tax dollars. We could dispute the same exact time when all this became such an in-your-face attitude. For the purposes of this piece, let's go with, and he's got it right here, there's no coincidence that he chooses this, let's go with the Obama administration as the point at which the facade started to crumble and the 2016 presidential election where the left finally dropped all pretense of being a loyal opposition. Back when Obama said in an arrogant tone, we are the, the, the ones we've been waiting for. Wow. Says that arrogance now is only surpassed by that of Hillary Clinton's election team, the folks who could not be bothered to campaign in several key states. The criminal crone from Chappaqua, brought an aura, an aura of entitlement to levels unheard of with her demonstrated belief that the Oval Office was hers for the taking. The rumors of her uncontrollable rage on election night pale, however, when compared to the downright rabid frothing at the mouth of words of actions of the Democrats since. So since 2016, when Trump became president, there's been, there's been talk in a manner that most folks wouldn't speak about, a Gitmo prisoner. All that started with agencies of the U.S. government spying on candidate Trump, which resulted in a phony story about Russian collusion, followed by a sham impeachment trial. Then having no success at removing this president with no previous pro uh, political experience, the left decided to support widespread rioting, looting, arson, and flat-out assassination of Americans in the streets. All of this over the statistically non-existent issue that falsely claimed police kill black Americans more than they do white ones. As time went on, the mayhem continued. It became readily apparent that the racism issue was merely an excuse for the left to come out and attack their real targets. Americans, who are the fabric of our society, police, firefighters, shop owners, even homeowners, the taxpayers that fund all the means-tested programs many of the looters take full advantage of. In other words, Democrat constituents 
Interestingly, for a so-called racial justice movement, there were a hell of a lot of blacks and other minorities killed, injured, and or their property was damaged or completely destroyed. So, so now we have an illegitimate, so where are we right now? Well, now we have an illegitimate president of the United States, the uh, IPOTUS, <laughs> who, <laughs> that's pretty good, come on, who is signing executive orders left and right. The vast majority of them either favor other nations over these United States or feel good uh, uh, things that bring other sorts of harm. One example of the IPOTUS executive order required the armed services to accept and retain disordered folks who believe their sex is different than their issued equipment indicates. I'm sure that will give Putin and President Xi pause on their contemplate their and as to contemplate their next moves against the US interest. Now, I want to and you know, the piece continues, but I want to uh, get to the point of it. He says, quote, "There are really two Americas now." Three, if you count elites and leftists as two groups. Make no mistake about it, though. The elites and the leftists do indeed pose a huge danger to America. And make no mistake about that. It's not just Trump that they hate. They hate us. Mr. Utter has written an excellent article. Please take the time to look it over. It says the only beef I have is that we really don't need a poll to realize at this point we have met the enemy. And the enemy is us. And of course, with that, he's arguing that it is, again, not the right, but it is the left that is the enemy of this country. Now, let's get into some of the news of the day. How about this? Now, remember we reported on Friday about Guantanamo Bay in Cuba and uh, how the Guantanamo Bay detainees, right, were supposed to get the COVID vaccine before many Americans we're going to get the COVID vaccine. The Biden administration trying to slide that underneath uh, the, uh, the door, basically, of the American people not having any part of it. There's been so much outrage about it that uh, forced this headline. It's in the Boston Herald uh, on Saturday. Biden administration reverses course, says no vaccinations yet for Guantanamo Bay detainees. The Biden administration appears to be walking back plans to vaccinate the detainees at Guantanamo Bay after the move that would have included suspected terrorists stirred fury. Why shouldn't that steer, stir fury? Why shouldn't everyday Americans be angry and outraged about that? The guy that orchestrated 9-11, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed? was going to get a vaccine before Americans? What's wrong? What is, now I don't care that they're halting it. Yeah, it's a good thing to do it, but this is ridiculous from the beginning that it even had to be halted. Who possibly came up with a plan like this? You have to be a moron. Uh, you got in Fox News here, two House Republican lawmakers introducing a resolution in the chamber that opposes the now pause plan by the Biden administration to vaccinate detainees at Guantanamo Bay, arguing that suspected terrorists should only get the shot after it's been made available to Americans. Let me just repeat that sentence. Suspected 
terrorists should only get the shot after it's been made available to all Americans. Why is that so hard? Ashley Henson from Iowa and Elise Stefanik, most congresswomen, say that they oppose any plans by the United States Defense Department to deliver COVID vaccines to uh, uh, Guantanamo Bay detainees during operations. They uh, say, quote, Americans need the vaccine before terrorists. And it's upsetting that they that that was even a question. And I think we need to make sure the administration is held accountable for this. And that's what this resolution does. It's inexcusable and un-American that President Biden is prioritizing vaccines for Gitmo terrorist detainees over American citizens, including veterans, first responders, 9-11 first responders, and seniors. Every American should have the access to the vaccine before these heinous terrorists. Now, things aren't going so well for the vice president either. She's having a fight right now with her own um, senator, uh, Joe Manchin, in West Virginia. Now, there was this uh, so-called target uh, interviews of uh, West Virginia and Arizona as well. And I remember these two senators from Arizona and West Virginia, Manchin in West Virginia, Kristen Sinema in Arizona, are the two that came out and said, we will not support anything that wants to end the legislative filibuster in the Senate. The New York Post headline today, Senator Manchin slams Kamala Harris for pressuring senators to back COVID-19 bill. Uh, now, Kamala Harris, so Manchin denounced Harris for appearing on local TV stations in West Virginia and Arizona last week in what was effectively a targeted pressure campaign on those senators. Speaking to local station WSAZ on Friday, the same outlet where uh, Harris urged West Virginia lawmakers to back their COVID legislation, Manchin argued the vice president's interview went against Biden's message of unity. Okay, that's a little weird. Remember, this is a Democrat now, Manchin. I saw the interview and I couldn't believe it, he said. No one called me. You know, we're going to try to find a bipartisan pathway forward. I think we need to, he said. We need to work together. That's not a way of working together. And by the way, when Harris was um, reading her thing, she said, uh, quote, this is all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry in West Virginia, West by God, Virginia, who are, who are there in the coal industry and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned landmines. Uh, okay, interesting. Now, this isn't the only thing that we've been hearing about this green energy and what they're going to get passed, right? Even though they put 11,000 Americans out of work with no plan to find them different jobs. Here's a headline in Fox News that I thought was awfully interesting. Biden pushing green energy agenda, get this now, after the campaign donations from the green industry. Ah, gotcha. Now it's starting to make sense. President Biden has made it very clear that climate is driving much of his agenda early in his administration. 
providing his green industry campaign donors with a reason to celebrate. The green industry heavily relies on government-awarded funds, and with Biden promising to lean heavily in their direction, the industry as a whole, listen to this now, contributed more than $11 million in political donate political donations in 2022 or excuse me 2020 this is according to the center for responsive politics the center noted that while this amount pales in comparison to the one billion dollar biden's campaign raised in total it is still more than double what the industry had given in the past um now according to uh the washington post another group known as climate leaders for biden raised close to 15 million dollars in support of biden through give green a platform geared toward helping donors give uh toward uh, candidates uh who support climate change action there there there's your reason why they're so going by they're going so big on climate uh jennifer granholm who is the biden's pick for energy secretary acknowledged that uh in her confirmation hearing that jobs may be sacrificed jobs may be sacrificed that means see ya jobs are going to be lost as a result of biden's actions but optimistic that the new policies would create more jobs in energy clean energy pete uh buddha judge was saying uh that uh, it could take years for these new jobs to become available senator bill cassidy uh, who was in the meeting with uh, Biden today, uh, actually um, responded to Granholm by saying that that's what Judge said, Senator from Louisiana, Cassie, that is. He said that a worker who just lost their job, it is a cold comfort to know that years from now, there could be a job in a different location requiring different training. Granholm also went on to say that, you know, as for uh, the moratorium on oil and gas leases, it's something we're going to have to work on together. To ensure that people remain employed well how hard is this people were employed before you started putting this nonsense together before joe biden became the president people were employed and don't think it's about working together it's about bowing down to the left's uh initiative and the left's ideas and the left's policies that's all it is it's never about working together the right us conservatives we cannot work with these people we can't We'll lose the country. Oh, Jen Psaki, press secretary. Um, uh, uh, um, circle back, circle back, circle back, circle back. Jen Psaki, quote today. This was hilarious. If you ask me, I often note I'm going to circle back, and I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I'm going to circle back on a number of things. Well, I and, and I put on the Twitter box. Listen. It's not, it, we don't care about that. We don't, it doesn't disappoint us. We just think it's hilarious how clueless and unqualified you really are to be White House press secretary. Now, this is fantastic. Now, about time that the rest of the media is catching up here because we've been reporting on this Lincoln Project thing since like two weeks ago. Ryan uh, uh, Gerdusky, Gerdusky, I don't know how to exactly pronounce it, conservative writer, has been on top of this for a long time now. And by the way, it is downright disgusting, disturbing. I should put a disclaimer on this. The Lincoln Project. Now, remember what the Lincoln Project is. 
The Lincoln Project is a group of so-called Republicans who were never really Republicans at all that backed Joe Biden in uh, this election campaign and are basically so anti-Trump. They hate Trump. They hate conservatives now, hate Republicans. It's all They're basically Democrats in disguise who are disguised as Republicans and very awful, disgusting, downright nasty people. John Weaver, who is a founder of the Lincoln Project, this is the statement they released. The Lincoln Project themselves released this. John Weaver led a secret life that was built on a foundation of deception at every level. He's a predator, a liar, and an abuser. We extend our deepest sympathies to those who were targeted by his deplorable and predatory behavior. Now, what he was found out as is what we told we were talking about in this program a few weeks ago is that he was grooming young boys saying my man my boy my boy right you know he was a a, a gay pedophile that's what he call it what it is that's what he is this man is a pedophile you got george conway who's a who's uh, uh kellyanne conway's husband who is just uh, you, you take a look at him he just looks like a total moron and is on msdnc this morning saying oh this is this is terrible. I don't know. You know it's just terrible. Oh, oh, this is so sad. I can't believe it. Right? And Donald Trump Jr. responded, George Conway and the rest of his pedophile-protecting buddies at the Lincoln Project are less believable than Jussie Smollett was. MSNBC did not ask Lincoln Project founders about John Weaver, despite booking them 17 times after the first story uh, broke. Ryan Jardusky, who broke the story, said when young men approached them, they ignored it. When they heard I was working on the story, they warned, warned Weaver. When I wrote a story, they said nothing. When Axios published a story, they just said he's gay. Now he's a predator. The Lincoln Project lied. They knew and they're complicit, he says. Carl Rove said, I've known about this type pattern of behavior since 1988. And uh, he was on Martha McCallum, uh, I guess a 2004 Atlantic story from Joshua Green reported as Carl Rose spreading a rumor, just a rumor that Weaver made a young a pass at, young, at a young man, right? Rick Wilson, who's also part of the Lincoln Project, Glenn Greenwald writing, I wonder if this John Weaver story will be included in Rick Wilson's Trump film for which he's collected $65,000 in cash. And it's, and it, by the way, it still hasn't come out yet. The best article about this written in the National Pulse, Lincoln Project founder harassed over 20 young men, including a 14 year old with sexual messages. How deranged do you have to be 21 men have accused john weaver co-founder lincoln project of online harassment this is according to the new york times now weaver a longtime republican strategist and co-founder of the prominent anti-trump group the lincoln project for years sent unsolicited and sexually provocative messages online to young men often while suggesting he could help them get work in politics listen to this now listen to some of the stuff this this guy would say cole trickle miley was 14 when he followed weaver on twitter 
and quickly received a direct message from him. I remember being a 14-year-old kid interested in politics and being semi-starstruck by John Weaver engaging in a conversation with me, he said. And by the way, this kid is now 19, right? He said, uh, messages just kept coming, though. He became uncomfortable. He said, in June 2018, Weaver asked our, are you in high, high school still? And Mr. Trickle Miley said that he was and that he would be 18 the next spring. Oh, you look older, Weaver said. You've gotten taller. March 2020, uh, when Mr. Trickle Miley was 18, Weaver wrote, I want to come to Vegas and take you to drinks and dinner and drinks and spoil you. Then a follow-up message used a term that in sexual banter refers to one's body. Hey, my boy, resend me your stats, or I can guess if that's easier or more fun. What? What? You know, geez, almighty. Another one, Cody Braltz, Braltz who was a, it felt as if Weaver was exploiting his power. Last year, when Cody Braltz was a recent college graduate looking for a job in politics, he replied to one of Mr. Weaver's tweets and, to his surprise, received a direct message. Mr. Weaver said he traveled to Chicago sometimes. They discussed meeting to talk politics. At one point, Weaver asked Mr. Braltz what he did in his free time. When he said he ran marathons, Weaver replied, At least I know that whatever we end up doing, you could do it multiple times in a row with a winking emoji. It just seemed like he was exploiting his power, Brault said. He was someone very important and high up in a field I want to go into. I mean, my God. Kyle Allen, 23, said that from 2016 to 2018, Weaver was asking about his height, weight, and what he was wearing and, and whether he was circumcised. <laughs> he also pushed repeatedly for an invitation to speak at the University of Ottawa, where Mr. Allen was studying using sexually explicit language to express his eagerness to visit. I would try to veer the conversations towards politics, and he would always say, find a way to bring it back to sexual stuff. And he'd go on and on. There's another person, Anthony Covell, 22, uh, that's saying he was looking for a young people who are creative and invest in the election. Supposed to Listen to this. Mr. Weaver suggested that Kyle Covell uh, would post a thirst trap or send a pic. Something inside me was saying, don't do this. He kind of seems sketchy. I'm like, all throughout that, gee, this is just obvious to see that it's disgusting. That this is a gay pedophile. That's what this man is. And this is a guy who started an anti-Trump project with other people who I'm, I guarantee you knew all about this, or I can almost guarantee it, and it, it didn't say anything, didn't speak up, nothing whatsoever. It's disgusting. And that's what the Lincoln Project is full of. They're a project of pedophiles, and they knowingly covered this up. It's disgusting. No one should ever believe a single thing from anyone in that Lincoln Project after this display. Now, a project that you can actually believe in because they show tapes and have evidence is Project Veritas, who last night 
came out with another video exposing Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, you can see him, you can hear him. It's Zuckerberg saying, quote, in his first day, President Biden already issued a number of executive orders on areas that we as a company really care quite deeply about. Nick Clegg, head of global affairs of Facebook. There's been quite a lot of disquiet expressed by many leaders around the world, from the, from the president of Mexico to Alexei Navalny in Russia and Chancellor Angela Merkel and others saying that, that this shows that private companies have got too much power and they should be only making these decisions in a way that is framed by democratically agreed rules. We agree with that, he says. Mark, Mark could be very clear about that. That ideally we wouldn't be taking these decisions on our own. We would be taking these decisions in line with and in conformity with democratically agreed rules and principles. But at the moment, those democratically elected, democratically agreed rules don't exist. We still have to take time to make these decisions in real time. You got Guy Rosen, VP of Integrity, Facebook. We have a system that is able to freeze commenting on threads in case our systems are detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence sort of in the comments. So just conservative threads, right? These are all things we've built over the past. Now listen to his language here. Over the past three to four years as part of our investments in the integrity space and our efforts to protect the election. Oh, okay, the last three to four years, once Donald Trump was president, you had to start silencing conservatives. Roy Austin, VP of Civil Rights and Deputy General Counsel. I wonder whether or not we can use Oculus to help a white police officer understand what it feels like to be a young black man who's stopped and searched and arrested by police. I want to make every major decision through a civil rights lens. Mark Zuckerberg back uh, has another comment on here. I think that these were all opportunities and positive steps talking about Biden. And I'm looking forward to opportunities where Facebook is going to be able to work with this new administration on some of their top priorities, starting with the COVID response. Working with this administration. To what? To silence conservatives. There it all is for you. And again, Project Veritas posts these videos. They have that. It's undeniable that it's actually these people. That's the campaign that's going all throughout the country right now. Big tech silencing conservatives. Section 230 has got to go. That's what I keep saying, though. There is such a war right now between the left and the right. And the left has big tech in their pockets, the Democrat Party, the um, uh, mainstream media as well. It's, it, it's a tough battle. It's a tough battle, but it's here. And conservatives have got to fight back because, again, as the uh, op-ed by Mike Ford points out, that there are now two Americas. Well, unfortunately, there's the Democrats who hate America, and then there's the other part, you know, how the other half lives, as though us conservatives, we're the people that still love America, that still believe it's the last hope on earth. So this is a 
This is a game now. This is this is a this is a battle. It's a battle that we dare not lose. Or what do we lose? That is the country.